Good afternoon, Tampa Bay. This is Tom DuPont at the DuPont Registry Headquarters, publisher of the DuPont Registry of Tampa Bay. This is another one of our DuPont casts, a podcast featuring local people of importance and significance in, from the Bay Area in order to present to you something you might be interested, might be want to learn about, and probably in some cases didn't know about in our area. You know, Tampa... From Tampa to St. Pete to Tarpon Springs with Clearwater and in between, we have a lot going on. And it's interesting that we're a, a, a target point, a center point, a pivot point in the world for a lot of different things. Today, we're very fortunate to have a guest with us today. This is Dr. Adam Shiner. Welcome, sir. Well, thank you so much. Dr. Shiner has a practice for the last 20 or so years here Correct. in Tampa. Correct. That practice has grown from a startup practice when you first got here to something very sophisticated now with reach around the world, I think, for our clients. Uh, that is correct. I have a 80% uh, fly-in practice for my specialty. See, I told you Tampa was a central magnet point for things going on in the world. Um, let's focus on why we're here talking to Dr. Shiner today. He's written a book, second edition, I believe. Correct. The True Definition of Beauty. Facial Cosmetic Treatments, Transformational Role in Modern Beauty and Communication. So we're talking much uh, much more important than just uh, pretty skin and uh, beautiful round eyes. We're talking about the actual core of communication and the thought process and how the human mind interacts with objects and your interpretation of how that works with the human face. Yes, you know, there's actually Is that a, fairly safe? Yeah, exactly. There's a book uh, called Survival of the Prettiest by a, a woman, Nancy Etkoff, at Harvard, and she was talking about beauty's role in society and interactions. And it turns out that we do, our subconscious brain is programmed to evaluate faces, and we do that automatically. It will form an impression, and it feeds that impression to our conscious brain, and it affects the way that we see other people and sometimes even ourselves in the mirror. And she, according to her research, when she looked throughout society, um, people are always looking for these, these uh, sort of attractiveness in other people. And so they, even in a nursery, a, a child or a baby that's cuter will get picked up more by a nurse. And uh, they say that people who are more attractive would tend to want to please with no expectation of immediate reward or reciprocal gestures. And, um, and it's fascinating that way. So my specialty is not really about vanity necessarily. It's more about communication and helping people communicate better with the outside world. So not just another pretty face. Correct. Although correct. a pretty face is nice to look at. Absolutely. But if I'm correct, you're saying in the subconscious human mind, there is some kind of analysis going on that's not looking necessarily a pretty face, but a face that is well-organized and, and is communicating a message. Correct. You know, and I, I brought some photos here that I can show you, but we often think about subjective beauty. And subjective beauty is true. There is the eye of the beholder, but I don't think that's all that's what's going on. I think there is a mathematical basis. And if we go back to the 1200s in uh, Pisa, Italy, uh, back then Italy was uh, actually the city-states. Um, and in Correct. Pisa, there was a person, Leonardo Fibonacci. He grew up in an upper-middle-class uh, family. Uh, he actually traveled over to India and to Asia and brought back uh, mathematical concepts. And he brought, put together a book called Gobera Bacci. And in that book, he actually described um, this sequence known as a Fibonacci sequence. And the way it goes is you take the first number of the sequence, one, you get to the next number, one, and you get the next number of the sequence, one plus one equals two, one plus two equals three, two plus three equals five, and so on. When you divide these by each other, it comes up with a ratio of one to 1.618. And that was very close to something they, known it, they knew as the golden ratio. And when they looked in nature, a lot of things in nature have this ratio. The internal parts of a flower to the external parts of a flower have this ratio of one to 1.618. And with uh, numerical sequences, you can find a curve, and this is actually the curve 
of uh, Fibonacci and matches the curve of the Nautilus or the curve of the helix of the year. So they, they thought this was actually a divinely inspired ratio. And in the Renaissance, they used this all the time. When they were, uh, when they were making the Parthenon or Notre Dame, they used these ratios. Uh, Mona Lisa's face is subtended with a lot of these ratios, and the same when the, the Last Supper was, uh, was put together. Well, it turns out that you can actually define faces this way, and regardless of a person's face or an ethnicity, the more a person has an imbalance with those ratios, the more attractive we tend to see these, see these faces. And I'll show you this example here. Well, it's interesting. The Fibonacci curve is something we use in investment management. Correct, right. And you're watching how the uh, investment activity goes through that curve. So it's not even not, not only just a visual thing, but it's a thought process thing that the way the human mind transfers data uses a Fibonacci analysis of, and the ratio of 1 to 1.618. 1. Uh, yep. right. So there's a quote by the actress Jamie Lee Kirsch says, the first thing I look up in, in a woman is her soul, and then I check her eyebrows. <laughs> and uh, um, I'll show you this picture here. This woman uh, came to me and she said that, um, you know, everyone said, thought she was very stern and serious. And I don't know if you look at the picture, she looks rather stern, yes? And, I think you're right, yes. And so it I Looks like my mom would look at me. I did one thing to, to help her. I changed one thing. And you see how this other photo, she looks more approachable, right? More. Certainly. And um, what I'll show you here, if you look at this ratio that I was showing you before of Fibonacci, if you take this part of, the, of that ratio and you put it there, you see how it restored that curve? Sure. So that is, that is actually why the brain likes these, these things. This was a study that was... Uh, now, the folks on the, who are watching us on Facebook Live can't see this, but what I want you to imagine is the Nautilus shell. And for those of you who don't know what a Nautilus is, it's the round, curved shell of a sea creature that grows from a very small circle. In the beginning, gets bigger, 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 and then opens up. When you look at that, that's the Fibonacci curve. Correct, and the and golden the, ratio. And the golden ratio. And now you're looking at it, looking at somebody's eyes and how that golden ratio sets, and that would uh, change their appearance. And it would not only change their appearance the way I look at them, but it would be change their appearance into a thought process that I conclude based just on looking at them. Right. You know, interesting, they do research wow. on this. And, you know, we th there was a study done at the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. And we often think about the doing, doing monetary policy, but they actually did a study looking at the, the link between, uh, between wages and appearance which I was sort of surprised at, but what they did is they had a person with an average appearance, and then they had people with a below average appearance, and they earned about 9% less than the person with an average appearance, and a person with an above average appearance earned about 5% more, about a 14% swing in those extremes. It's something I think that we think about intrinsically, but um, it is something that is real. There's real science behind this. Really? Um, this is a series of photos where they were actually, they, this was done in Germany, and they took um, a face and they changed it each time to be more congruent with those golden ratios. And they asked 10,000 university students in Germany to evaluate these. And they said, what are the photos that you like best? And I'll ask you, if you look at these photos as they change, which one, which are the two that you tend to like best? Well, not the first one, I don't think. But I would be I would be comfortable with the with the last one. The number six, I think, is, is yeah. something that would attract my attention, yeah. and probably declines down all the way down to one. Yeah. So, like a hundred percent of people chose five or six, and we don't have to think about that. There's something that happened in your subconscious brain that picked that. Like you weren't consciously thinking that through, and that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to pull the covers off of this because. It is our subconscious brain that kind of rules things. We rationalize things intellectually, but we are very influenced by the, what our subconscious perceives in the world. And that's the, that is the level that I like to work on. This is a photo uh, of two photos, um, and I'll ask you which one looks like the man, which one looks like the woman. 
Oh, they all they both look female to me. I'm sorry. I can't. This looks more a little bit more like a man yeah, yeah, on the right. Yeah, and and you're, you don't have to think about it too much, but actually you're right. It is actually the same person, and what they did is they digitally darkened the, the mouth and the brow region in one photo. Women intrinsically have more vascularity to their lips and more color to their brows than men do. We have more one color. You and women intrinsically have more contrast. They will, they will um, highlight that. They'll wear lipstick and eyeshadow and, and such. But this is another way that our subconscious brain is evaluating things. Well, let's see if I can go way off target here for you. I'm, I'm, in, in, in the world, the lion with the big mane is the male. Right. Um, the rooster is the one with the big tail. So traditionally in all of the world, the male is the one that is the More one. More plumage, right? Plumage. And the female, unless you're in the human race. Right. Where the women tend to... Be, have more plumage than those of us who just get a haircut and move on. Exactly, exactly. So is that a human nature thing that's different from animals? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, we it doesn't have to be the makeup as much, but the ratios are what are really critical in terms of what we like to see in, in each other. I don't think the lion cares. Yeah, I think he does care. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about your patient mix. You said 80% from out of town. 80%, yes. Okay, so we can conclude that all the people with perfect faces live here in Tampa and you don't have much business. <laughs> How did you start to attract people from all over the world? Some of your teachings and writings? So I, I got known for helping in a condition known as eyelid festoons. Um, there are these swollen mounds that form on the, uh, on the cheek, these mounds like this. And, bags uh, under your eyes for those of us correct. who are... There's sort of bags and then there are bags underneath the bags. And they're, they were traditionally a, a difficult condition to treat. Um, I've been treating them in my practice with lasers for years, and I had a friend who was on um, the show called The Doctors, and he t they took care of the, the uh, producer's father-in-law. And I remember watching him. I was very impressed he was on that show. I was never on those shows. That I was on that after that. But, um, and then I called him afterwards, and I said, hey, it was a great job that you did on that show. Why didn't you fix those, fix those festoons? And he said, you know... Adam, we, we, you can't fix festoons. I said, no. I said, I fix them all the time. <laughs> and he said, well, I'm writing a book on, on surgery. Would you want to write the chapter on fixing these? I said, yeah, I would. So I wrote that. And then they wanted me to create a video to include with the, the, the text. So I did. I created this video showing my techniques. I put it on YouTube. And within a minute, it was all over the internet around the world. And uh, it just it went viral. And then from there, the other media started to find us. So I was on, I was on Dr. Oz uh, with a patient. I was on the doctors. And then I told you about Howard Stern and such. And so now when people search those, the, the word festoon, they tend to find me. And, that's, and it's a very difficult condition for people to treat. So they tend to come here for treatment. And I started with that. But then I started to learn that um, not only was I improving the, uh, the festoons, but I was actually making the skin fundamentally healthier. And um, I, had, I started to realize um, that when I'm doing these techniques that I can actually remove years of sun damage and start a, skin, a person's skin back. Um, like this, this woman here, she came from Miami and she had lots of sun damage on her face. And with this uh, technique, I'm able to remove years of sun damage. So there's actually a health benefit to this too because a lot of us were not the most careful when we were young in the sun. No, we weren't. And people do get things frozen off. There are these things called actinic keratoses, where these kind of flaky lesions that you can form on the face. 10% of those go on to form squamous cell carcinomas. And when I do these techniques, actually I can wipe away 95% of the irregular cells. The skin looks better uh, and actually comes back healthier, and then we'll do it for men too. And men actually heal faster than women, interestingly, with this uh, technique. That's what I tell my daughters. 
takes them longer to heal than me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's interesting. And I guess you have plenty of clientele in this area for correcting sun damage. Oh, absolutely, yes. Um, is there a, a high ratio? How about the once you've helped somebody repair their skin from sun damage, mm-hmm. are they free of a occurrence of any superficial cancer or the ratios yeah, I mean, go way down? I think it, it reduces it to like 95% better. There's really? always a risk. I can't get rid of everything. But actually early um, basal cell carcinomas and squamous cell carcinomas, I can see them in the procedure. I can wipe them away too. Uh, deep ones, not as much, but there are superficial ones I can. Um, and then if they were sunblock, because once they've gone through this, it's, it's a little bit of a recovery. If they were sunblock and protect their skin, yeah, they have this for the rest of their life. That's amazing. And, and right here in Florida, the Sunshine State. Yes, exactly. So ratio-wise, the majority of your um, skin rejuvenation come from the Florida area here, more local than? Um, no, I mean, people do fly in for this. I have a lot. We Unfortunately, we're not careful with our sun, um, our skin for, for years. You know, back, uh, back about 20 years ago, people were wearing sunscreen and uh, they were not getting red. And they had uh, uh, products in the sunscreen that would block UVB rays from hitting the skin. That's what makes your skin turn red. But it, they had nothing to block the UVA rays. So people weren't getting red, but they're getting a full dose of radiation from UVA. And that's when we saw the skin cancers start to pop up. Because people were, it used to be you get red, you'd stay out of the sun. Now we were, back then they were preventing the redness. So people said, oh, I can stay out longer, I'm not red. Well, they were just getting a full dose of radiation. Now we finally have products which can block against UVA and UVB. Mm-hmm. But that happened in, you know, I grew up on a lake in the Northeast, so I was out there in the sun all Every day. Yeah. In the summertime. When the sun was out, man, you went outside. Absolutely, yes. I remember back in college, this goes way back, you remember the old 33 and a third album records? Yes. And you got an album cover, and sometimes if you got a fancy one, you got two records and it would fold out. Yes. And then you would cover it with aluminum foil, <laughs> and you would lie back and have the sun reflect on your face so you got really tan. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you can imagine doing that in college on Daytona Beach. Uh, we all turn pretty tan. Sure, sure. And fortunately, we, and none of us have got any real problem. I'm yep. sure we have some impurities in our skin. Um, men to women ratio of your of your clients, about even or? Um, I probably is about seventy percent women, thirty percent men. I mean, I do have a lot of men that come through, you know, more so than let's say twenty years ago. Okay, and let's go farthest away. How far did somebody travel to see you? I've had people from Australia, wow. uh, from Japan. Um, uh, I I mean, I have I had a woman in from Copenhagen recently. Um, yeah, they come from from everywhere, and then. Um, I have a I have a map I can show you, and this is this is the uh, impact of where my patients New Zealand. New Zealand, that's about as far away from here as you can get. Yeah, yeah. And uh, actually, I had a patient come from Guatemala uh, at one point, and it's funny she brought her family, and they were here over um, uh, Halloween, and they didn't know Florida too well, so they figured well, we're just going to stay in Orlando. You know, not that far, it's an hour, but they thought that was close. I guess, in, depending on your country, an hour might be a very close drive, right? Yeah. And but the funny thing, they showed up uh, the day before Halloween. I said, well, there are the kids. I said, they have the kids go out and enjoy this. I don't know if they do that in Guatemala necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> All Saints' Eve, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a strange holiday, but uh, one that everybody observes around here. Okay, let's fit to, let's go from that farthest travel. How about famous? You got some really fa- that you can expose. We understand yeah, I you can't, can't tell some of them. Yeah, interestingly, I have people, but I can't really talk about. Them I'm that, sure you can. Uh, but but movie stars. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I have people like that. And How about politicians? You know, politicians are vain, and they want to communicate. I, a politician, I would think, would come to you and say, "Make me look better," but he wouldn't understand the. Uh, 
the uh, the communication increase that he would have if he did some of your technique. Correct, and yeah, I have some of them come as well. And uh, yeah, it's interesting the way it is. I have a uh, I have a house actually um, uh, where people are able to rent. They can bring their paparazzi, and it's it's a little farther away from the practice, so people wouldn't know that they were there. So when people mm -hmm. come, they can bring their whole entourage, take over the house, and then. Uh, they don't have to be worried about the paparazzi okay, finding you know, them. The people watching this and listening to this podcast love these little tidbits like that. So what's the biggest crowd somebody's brought with them? Does somebody bring just two people or ten? Well, we if you have people like uh, from royal families or so, you would, you would get a lot of people. So it's like having uh, somebody sh show up who's a president and he's got his car and his entourage. And, sure. And his jet's parked out here at Tampa International, the big one. Yeah, we have we've had people flying in their private jets here. Actually, I'm I'm sure you have, knowing what, what's going on here. Um, you know, I think a, a lot about people and 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 their impression. I've never seen one particular area of the country that hides its face as much as the Middle East. Mm -hmm. uh, they always have their traditional headdress on. They always have heavy beards. Uh, they seem to be backing away. Is they are they trying to hide something? Or well, you know, it's you interesting. Know. Like if you look in in, in Iran, uh, the most common surgery in in Iran is actually rhinoplasty. Really, it's almost epidemic. I mean, almost everyone has had their nose done in Iran. Because if you think about it, if you have this hajib, you know, hijab on, and and the one thing that's showing is kind of the eyes and the nose, that's they want that to look better. So it is almost in. It, almost everyone has had their noses done in Iran. So, what area of the world would have the would be the most open for their facial look? Maybe the Far East, the, the Japanese, the the Asian, because traditionally you see a, a lot of their face. The yeah, I, I mean, actually, besides the areas where they're trying to cover up, I mean, you, yeah, you want to cover up in the desert, right, that's I mean, for sure. I would say in in, in Europe and in in Americas that we we show our faces a lot, so we have a lot, you know that that's. That affects us too. I mean, they—if you get more sun exposure, that affects you a little bit more. Um, so they actually protect themselves a little bit in those getups in terms of you know sun exposure. Interestingly. So let's come back to the mathematics of it here. The the whole balance, and you're talking mostly. You were talking mostly about eyes. Is there a whole feature on the face that shows the Fibonacci relationship? Sure, but it's all over. It's cheeks, mouth. It's the chin. cheeks, right? And uh, and it's the uh, facial ratios that we have too. There's. Um, the areas of the temples and the cheeks. And so we try to optimize those things. And when we do that, we do get results that are much more powerful yet, and that they're subtle at the same time so that people don't say, oh, that person had something done there. It's sort of, they say, you know, did you change your hair? You know, is that, uh, did you lose weight? And that's the, that's the impact that we really want to have on our patients. Okay. And you mentioned the ear is in, fits in the Fibonacci. Right, right. The ratio of the ear. That's, a, that's, a, to me, that's a very interesting because one of those things we have around here to make sure that our, we're doing the right job for our clients is, you know, um, uh, the good Lord gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, so we listen twice as much as we talk. Very true. And it doesn't work very well on a show like this, but, uh, <laughs> but it's important as we grow up to, to listen to our surroundings and to have two of them uh, and only one mouth to speak with, two eyes to see with. Uh, it means you're absorbing information. Um, Children, younger people, or mostly older people, clients doing um, uh, some kind of reconstructive surgery. Well, some it's reconstructive. Like um, I talk about the difference between uh, rejuvenations, which is bringing someone back to a place that they used to be, or, and there are some things that are known as transformations. I'll sometimes take people who have a certain appearance that didn't work for them, right, and I'll bring them back to you know transform them to a new way that's beneficial to them, and sometimes that's very very impactful. I do, um, I do things uh, with injectable uh, fillers. I have this thing called the five-minute nose job that I do. 
and I've used it to help people who've had, let's say, bad rhinoplasties in the, in the past, and you can't really surgically repair that back to a certain way, but with, uh, with uh, putting in, um, filling in certain rate ratios and certain fillers in certain areas, we can actually restore it back to a straighter, more harmonious appearance on the face. But I've had young people come in for those too, really? uh, where they don't necessarily need surgery and they can have this done instead. And um, I was going to ask you about uh, repeat uh, treatment. Is this something that you just come in and do once and you're done, or do you need to come back for Sure. Checkups. If um, if we improve the skin and we do that with the lasers, then that is more of a permanent uh, result. Um, the uh, the other treatments, uh, depending on what we're doing, they can have lifespan of a year or two. Uh, those a lot of times that what I try and do when I'm uh, fixing these certain areas, like a nose, is I can try and create threads of product in certain areas where body can build collagen around it. So we get more. I've had certain noses I fixed that last two plus years um, in, in length. Okay, we're going to ask you about a famous face and if, and, and if there's any um, um, connection between the uh, ratios on a famous face. Let's start with uh, Mrs. Trump, who unfortunately is in the hospital. We wish her well. Sure, we hope she has that. a recovery from um, a problem with her uh, kidney, I think it is. Sure. But that's one beautiful face. I Absolutely. Didn't. And I'm not sure the ratios are just right on that. You know, it's, a, it's interesting. I look at her, when I think about her in her eye region, she has a somewhat lower brow on the inside, and it does give her a little bit of a sterner look. You see, it's a very dramatic. Yes. Yeah. But, but that, if that came up, and that's possible with Botox touch, that would give her a little bit of a softer uh, appearance. Well, it's certainly one you won't forget. We yes, absolutely. And, and how about the president? Yeah, and you know, well, he definitely has some lower lid bags, doesn't he? And, <laughs> yes, he does. And that sometimes can give the idea that someone is tired when they're not tired, right? And, you know, if that was fixed, that would help him in terms of that nonverbal communication. Well, there's one thing we've learned about him. He's tireless. He's up at the, <laughs> before dawn texting, and it right. seems to be up late at night welcoming people back from Korea. Exactly. Uh, exactly. It's pretty three remote. in the morning. Whether you, whether you like him or not, there's a, there's a lot of energy there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I would have to say, let's stick with the, with the, with the uh, prominent family. Ivanka's face is rounder and probably has more of the ratios you're talking about. She does. I mean, I was looking at her yesterday when, when she was uh, in Jerusalem, and yeah, she's stunning. She really has great, great uh, balance to her face. And would that, uh, would that ratio of the Fibonacci uh, uh, ratio more prevalent in Ivanka than in Melania? I agree, yeah. And so that would make you warm up to Ivanka a little faster mm-hmm. than you would, like we said, she's... The president's wife, uh, the first lady, is a little more stern. Right. But Ivanka seems to be very welcoming by appearance. Right. And they're not even talking to us at the time, but that's the perception that we get, right? That's our subconscious brain feeding off of that. And that's the impression that you're seeing. And you're right. And they, they could be the exact opposite. We don't know. But that's interesting. That's what our subconscious brain okay. says. Okay. Two more famous people that we know we have to mention because of an important event coming up on Saturday. That would be first Prince Harry. Who doesn't like Prince Harry? He must have exactly the right ratio. <laughs> he does. And, <laughs> and actually, it's funny. Like, in youth, we tend to grow into our faces into our 20s, and then we, and that's where we tend to, to grow into our, the best us, and then it, we tend to lose volume going out of the 20s. And so he's right around the, the ideal time in terms of his face. He, he's remarkable. He's charm written all over him. And his bride-to-be. Absolutely. Yeah. Megan has absolutely a very engaging, wide-eyed, round-feature type face. And, absolutely. And, and, and I think people are drawn to that right, right. away. I agree with you. Okay, so... Uh, 
who's Batman's enemy? The Joker? Wait, uh, no wonder. With that <laughs> narrow slitted eyes and uh, that white makeup on, nobody would want to go near him. It's funny, you know, Anna Kendrick um, is told in her act, when she acts, they often tell her that she has something known as a resting bitchy face, <laughs> where the corners of her mouth pull down. And she gets it all the time. She says it's frustrating to her. Like, she's frustrated. She's a beautiful woman, but her face, ha- where the muscles pull down the corners, has a downturn that makes her look like she's mad. When she's not mad, she's like, I feel fine. So yeah, well, please smile, you know, and that's frustrating. Well, and that's, I do things to reverse that as well. And, and that's subconscious. That is. That's just not my perception that your lips are, tur- your lips turned down and, and therefore you're mad. That's right. a, that's a subconscious interpretation of the ratio of the curve mm-hmm. on her face. Right, right. And then, and your brain is sort of like protected. Well, that one looks, they look mad, you know, that's, a, I, I want to stay away from that person. But really, they're not. They're fine. But that's what their corners of the mouth are doing. So actually, for her, Botox in the corners can bring that up, and it actually can change that ratio for her. So the practice is located in Tampa. Correct. Customers around the world, doing it for 20 years. What's in the future? You got any new techniques coming out that are going to change uh, people's faces? For we're, You know, we are evolving all the time, and that's the funny thing. I didn't really realize that my techniques were helping people with sun damage. That was something that we... I learned from my patients. I learned that sort of serendipitously, but now that's become a big thing. And yeah, we're always learning and evolving. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess big big data and artificial intelligence are helping. Yes. Just the way uh, there was this was big data. Fibonacci was big data back in 1200. Very true. Yeah, <laughs> that was. A- yeah, this book was just evaluated. I'm gonna in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna be on uh, Fox Business because uh, they evaluated me. For about, we talked about this book there. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Well, it's wonderful to have you on board for this uh, podcast well, and thank our you Facebook so much. Live. And uh, uh, we're trying as best we can with the DuPont Registry Tampa Bay to bring interesting subjects to our our listeners and our and our uh, viewers on Facebook Live. Put the same information in the magazine so that people know a little bit more about Tampa and some of the people who live here. And we have a very diverse pub, uh, uh, community here with a lot of things going on. And we certainly appreciate your time. Hope we didn't take you away from any patients today <laughs> and uh, that nobody's waiting for you back at the office. Thank you so much for coming in. This is Tom DuPont and our guest, Adam Shiner. The True Definition of Beauty is second edition of the book. We, uh, we recommend it to you highly and we recommend you uh, take a closer look and sure. think about who you're looking at and why. And this is available actually on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Amazon. Is, is there anything that's not available on Amazon? <laughs> well, Tom, thanks so much. Thank you very much, Adam. And everybody in Tampa, have a good day and be careful on those highways.